What's going on? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on when you're watching this, where you are in the world. Jeremy Hecht here. Zachy the Great here. And this is the Inspire the Great podcast, and we're back for episode four. Episode four, right? Correct. How are you feeling? Yeah. I'm feeling great, man. I'm feeling great. How are you feeling? Feeling good. Just, uh, you know, like we always say, healthy and, and doing a lot. Yeah, that's all I can ask for. Right. No, 100%. Um, bro, I'll start it off today. Um, so a lot of times because, especially for me, like I have a inspiration page and I have a big brand and everything. So people always are in my DMs like, yo, how do you stay motivated? How do you stay so positive all the time? I don't. That's the real answer, you know? Um, I'm a human being just like everyone. So uh, story time. So yesterday was one of the shittiest days for me, bro. Why? What like, happened? Shitty. I don't know. That's the... Mm. Yo, bro. And it's funny because we always talk about control and everything. Yeah. There's things that you can control that maybe you direct yourself or shift yourself into. And there's things that we don't control that just all of a sudden slap you in the face. And those are worse because you don't know where it comes from, right? Mm. I'm at work. Once again, nothing wrong with my family, nothing wrong at work, anything. And just this depression hits me at another level. So, um, was it yesterday? Yeah, if no, no, the day before yesterday. So, Friday. Mm. It was Friday. So, Friday, I didn't post. Usually, every day, I post three times a day. The, the only day that I don't post is Sunday sometimes, right? So, woke up feeling shitty, man. Didn't force it. Didn't try to do too much. Because a lot of times if you force things, they only get worse. So I allowed it to be, bro, just a whole shitty day. My mood was shitty. My thoughts my thoughts were shitty. Just felt so depressed. Like, didn't know where it was coming from. Um, tried to do anything to try to make it a little better. It was not working out. I say that to say, man, we're all going through it. And, like... It hits at different points. It hits at points that you don't understand. It hits when you're not ready for it. And it's it's all a test, to be honest with you. So what I did for mine was, so somebody asked, how do you stay motivated? For one, um, you don't stay motivated 24-7. It's just not a human nature mm-hmm. thing, you know? You can't stay motivated because the downs are what bring you back up. So I let, the, I let that day go by didn't post anything, didn't do anything too much. And then that night, instead of going to my room and going to sleep, like I usually do to try to wake up earlier, I switched my schedule around. So I worked out at nighttime. I worked out for like an hour, did the stairs, did the, did the little work on YouTube, went to the room, took a nice shower, and then I studied. So I changed my whole state of mind. I changed my mood. So if you're going through something, just try to, Allow yourself to go through it for a little bit of time. Yeah. Just don't let it consume you for days. Yeah, the it, it's an interesting, um, it's an interesting thing, um, and we yeah, like we always talk about with control is sometimes there's not going to be a reason. Like I, I had that the other day where I was just you know feeling that way, just feeling down, and um, and like I didn't know why I was like trying to force it, and even my girl was just like you're. It's, it's okay. You're allowed to have a bad day. Like, everyone's going through it. You're in a global pandemic. Like, you're a social person. You haven't seen people. Like, and so, 
um, the one thing you talked about that I think a lot of people skip over in terms of steps when they're going through something is actually feeling it. And, and they try too hard to make something happen. Like I find myself doing that. Like when I'm not feeling motivated or I'm having a bad day and I'm trying to do stuff to make it better. But sometimes the only way to get through that, I think, is to force yourself to actually face to face with your emotions, deal with it, feel that emotion so that you can get through it. Right. Because what happens is when you're trying to do other things to change it, you're running away from it. Yeah. But when you li- when you go through it, you're understanding it. There's a whole difference, right? So one is literally trying not to feel it and try, try, trying to ignore it. And the other one is saying, okay, I'm a human being. Let me try to get an understanding of what's going on. Let me adapt to it. Let me accept it for what it is. So next time I, I know how to get through it easier, you know? Yeah. Because if you, if you run away from everything, how are you going to learn that lesson? It's just going to continue happening. Same thing with drugs. Like when you're sick, you got to let your body handle it. If you let the drugs handle it, if you let all this stuff handle it, then next time it's not going to know how to, how to, how to work itself. It's going to need that drug over and over again. It gets used to it. So um, now we're definitely human beings, man. We got to, we got to allow ourselves to um, understand, to go through things and, of course, in the midst of it, we can't we can't say that too because in the midst of it, it feels shitty. So you do yeah. want to change it, you know? It's not like something you're like, yay, it came back again. Like it doesn't work like that. You know what's interesting is I feel like when what you said about running away from it versus like dealing with it, I think the same thing you have to do with positive emotions too. Because like a lot of the time, I think we're so caught up in what's next and uh the future that even when things are good we kind of run away from that too like when you're having a really good day let's say or something really good happens to you in your life i think a lot of us don't really soak that emotion in it's always like okay that was cool that's good but what's next how can i get better how can you know or or even worse it's too good to be true mm, we don't yeah like sometimes we don't feel like we deserve the good that's happening right. to us right and it's and it's funny then again it goes back to human nature and human beings we pray for something and when it happens it's too good to be true so what are we doing like what, like you you get your prayers answered in all different shapes and forms and then those same prayers <laughs> that you paid for are the ones that you're saying it's too good to be true yeah it, just, it, it lasts sometimes and it's a contradiction because in one hand, you're saying, I want to be successful, positive, and happy. In the other hand, you're contradicting it with, I think that might be a little too much. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> the, the, it, the too good to be true uh, feeling is interesting. I think the only time, I, okay, I think you trust your instinct on something being too good to be true if it feels like you you didn't work for it or, there, or it wasn't worth it. Like, or you didn't deserve it. You didn't des- in those actual cases, if it's if you feel like it's too good to be true it usually is and those are usually scams but like in the sense of like you accomplishing something or getting love in your life or whatever it is that you asked for and you you work towards um in a sense you earned it you know but it's tough to to get past that as a mindset right and that and that is not because of you but because of your past majority of the time the mind plays game with you and it reminds you of everything that you went through that 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 basically it's gonna be like oh you have this now don't feel so special remember when you went through Mm. this remember you didn't have this remember when you couldn't do this so um that's where trying to understand your past and trying to uh accept it and reprogram your mind is so important 
um, an audience member, a listener asked, as I said earlier, what do you do to stay consistent and on track? And uh, personally, what do you do to maintain the motivation? I think like you talked about, it, like a lot of it, I will say in terms of like drive and, and motivation just comes inherently. Like I, I wouldn't be able to say like, I do something specific because I think I just naturally have that drive. But But in order to keep that at a level, I would say, one thing I do is um, is continue to set goals and continue to to reach higher than I would have thought. So if I do something well, um, like we just said, I, I try to appreciate, I try to like sit with that for a bit. And then I write down a list of five more things that, that are way beyond my reach or seem like they're way beyond my reach at that point. So there's like something to continue to strive for. Um, but I think one thing, that I try to keep in mind is that the journey to get there is always better than actually achieving the goal. Cause if you get too caught up, I think in, in getting to that spot, you'll get there and then it's like, okay, well, what's next? What's next? Whereas if you enjoy the journey to get there. Um, but, but then on the other side, also, like you said, there's days where I feel like doing nothing. Right. And we, we keep talking about not forcing it. And I think during this quarantine, especially, Um, there's less to do. So I've been trying to at least like step back and be like, okay, let me sit with that a bit more and not force myself to, to keep pushing when I don't feel like, you know, um, to answer that question, um, to be honest with you, it's a state of mind, right? So if you're in a positive state like there's days that you wake up and you don't know where the positivity came from you don't know where the energy came Mm. from right but what do you do you get up you listen to music you continue the hype and you finish something those are the good days right the other days are not bad they're just a test days those are just Mm. trying to understand things for what they are see we go wrong with labeling things as good and bad there is no bad just things happen for what they are. It is what it is type of situation. So the days that you're not positive, the days that you're not at your ultimate energy, just allow it to be. Like you said, during the quarantine, you feel like, yo, I can do so much because I have time, but there's and there's nothing to do because you're just in a house. There's only so much you can do. Yes, you have 24 hours all to you, but it's hard to do anything when the whole world is disconnected from each other. So um, those days you just chill out. For me, what I do is, um, to be completely honest with you, since the quarantine happened, shit just been at a downfall because my whole life revolved around the gym. Mm. My whole existence revolved around the gym. So I slept early. I got off work 1 a.m., slept at 2 a.m., woke up 10 a.m., 10 to 10.30, I would talk to the kids, 10.30, go downstairs, grab my coffee, 11, go to the gym till 12.30 p.m., come back to my room, shower, meditate, pray, study for one hour, and then I'll start work. And that was my schedule. Mm. And everything happened that way because the gym was at that time. So the gym got taken away from it. So for the last two weeks, it was just a downhill spiral. So the only thing I could do is try to find other ways to replace it when I can, when I'm in the mood. And when I'm not in the mood, it's just a, it's just a forget it. Let me just chill out. Let me just Netflix and chill type yeah, situation. Yeah. So to maintain it, just keep your energy high. If your energy is high, if not, then just chill out for the time being. Don't force it too much is what I do for the time being. 
Yeah, and 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 I think the other thing that um, we were talking about earlier is like in terms of being complacent versus being happy with where you're at. I think is a um, is a tough balance in in anything, whether it's like you know your workout goals or your your success goals or your relationship goals or whatever it is. Um, it's almost like you always have to have the the drive to be better and better in yourself, bettering the people around you, uh, better yourself physically, mentally. Um, but at what point is it, uh, you know, too much or what point are you, are you not being appreciative? Right. No, it's, it's, it's crazy because there is no too much that, you know, like you just don't know. Yeah. So you try to be as appreciative as you can, but sometimes you're like, yo, am I even doing enough? It's just, it's a lot. So even for me, like the brand, um, Inspire the Great, I got to this point, but sometimes I'm like, yo, am I not doing enough? Mm-hmm. Like, yes, I'm here. Yes, I got to reach. I got to follow it. I got to success. But like, there's a big part of me that like, that's the reason why I don't read comments, go back and forth and everything, because I'm the harshest person to myself. There's nothing you can tell me in no comments or DMs that's going to be like, oh, fuck, why, why would he even remind? No, I remind myself 24-7 of everything. <laughs> I'm really harsh on myself. I'm like, yo, you can do this, this, and this, you know? You can upgrade your, your, your goals. You can you can get to the next level. You can reach this amount yeah. if you tap into this situation. So for me, sometimes I'm like, I'm like, yo, yes, like I got to this point. Thank you, God. Like, like at the highest gratitude, and I stay at the highest gratitude, but sometimes also I'm like, yo, am I complacent? Like, am I just like riding a short wave at the time being? Am I just posting just because I'm posting or am I taking it to the next level? So it's, you have those days where, where you feel so amazing and, you know, tapped into the next level. And you have those days where you feel like, yo, like you, you really um, question your your complacency, your your drive, your your mission to the next level. So actually I've been having that lately. Like I'm just like, yo, how can I take it to the next level? Like even on the brand, I'm like, how can I push to the next level? How can I make other and that's the reason why I tapped into um right now we have a lot of time so I did the guest appearances for a lot of podcasts. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to give back and kinda of tell my story more and open up the first year of the of the brand was just building the brand. So I never showed no face the first year. Yeah. Wanted to build the the reach, the the loyalty, the 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 inspiration and the value. Second year I started showing face, doing a lot of uh Instagram lives and tapping in with the people. Now this year is really putting my story out there. So I did um I'm gonna do three different guest appearances in, in the next four days. So I did one the other day, I have one tomorrow, and then I have one the next day. So just trying to push myself and trying to push my story and the brand to the next level and just keep working so that way my ass don't feel complacent at all. You know what's an interesting thing that you touched on is, like, I think the um, the most important thing when you're doing anything might be the why behind it. Like, I remember a long-ass time ago, I saw Lil Wayne like talking about something he was like giving a house tour or something stupid but the one thing i took from the interview was he said like everything you do know why you're doing it and i that always stuck with me because 
I feel like when I get stuck, it's always because I lost my big high level why. It's me getting distracted in in the glitz and the glamour of things or me wanting to do something for attention or whatever it is. But when I'm at my core, doing the, my best work, making the biggest impact, it's always because there's a why behind it. And I think a lot of the times we forget like that reason, that core to us. And, um, and when you stop and think about it, that why is 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 the most important and and i i was doing an interview the other day with um this band who produced the last track on uh jay electronica and jay-z's album um and basically so jay electronica like they just took the song as is and recorded over it and then like sent them an email like hey we used your song type thing but uh i was asking them like in terms of simplicity their their whole sound is really simple their whole lifestyle is really simple they don't really care about the fame and i asked them you know why is that so important to you? Why is why is being simple so important? And uh, one of the band members said that whenever her life is too complicated, instead of trying to add something to make her happy, she subtracts. And I thought that was a really, really interesting point. Wow. So like, wow. I, I think we could really take something from that. when Because when, a lot of the times we try adding on, right? We're talking about having bad days. You're having a bad day, you try doing something else. Let me add something to my day to make it better. Let me try doing something else. But Instead, if you subtracted something from your day or subtracted something from your routine, you might actually make it better. Wow. Yo, I, I really had to stop and think about that. The, the less. Because a lot of times, less is more. And I always say that even on my page. Um, yo, she is dope. I hope to meet her one day. But yo, a lot of times what we forget is simplicity. Yeah. Especially in our society, especially in our... In our um, generation everything is more 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 like there's no less there's no simplicity there's no um just you know just doing things to make you happy is doing things to see more to feel more all the time so the simplicity part is is you know that that threw me off man i have to i have to write that one down me too i'm and i'm i'm gonna try to practice that i don't know when, when the next time i'll feel that is but whenever i feel like off I'm going to see like, okay, let me, let me see what I can take out. You know what I mean? Um, but speaking of, speaking of simplicity and taking things out versus putting things on, uh, let's, let's head to our serious or not, uh, segment because, um, in terms of the economy, in terms of things opening up, it, it's interesting because it feels like the government and people are kind of getting antsy to the point where they're adding things on. Like, let's, let's give them this, let's give them this, let's open this up. They're starting to open up beaches. They're starting to, and it might be, I don't know, maybe it's, it's another one of those things where let's keep subtracting. Let's keep, keep it more simple until we get all this right. But I don't know. What, what do you think with the current state um, of what's going on, where we're headed and what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks? Um, to be honest with you, it's nothing new. Business over everything is is what America's always been about. Um, they don't want to go literally to the bottom of of the world pole of yeah. economy and everything. Like so, now it's like, oh, we got this money people dying, this much people sick. Oh, no worries, we're gonna open shit up because we need we need to be killing China again. We need to be right. So. Um, it's more so business moves than everything. Um, I personally don't think it's a good idea at fucking all. We barely even know. We barely even know how many people have this stuff. 
like the numbers that we see right now are adorable compared to yeah. what we don't know. Because um, Florida in itself, Miami in itself, was like it's going to reach like the New York numbers, if not more. There was actually this little thing that I seen. I'm going to send it to you after on Instagram where it showed the little beach in Florida that the kids were partying in. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen it. And it was red, and it showed how many places those kids flew to, and literally it was the whole world. Oh, my gosh. The people like, who were, like, literally. those are the people who are saying, like, oh, it's okay, we're on, we're, I'd rather risk it than for spring break. Those people. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they're on, so they're on their deathbed. That's the thing about human beings. Someone, who was it? Um, I don't know if it was Muhammad Ali or Mike Tyson that said, oh, uh, they, uh, everybody thinks they can fight till they get punched in the mouth. Something. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so one of those situations. Everyone's tough till they're on their deathbed. But the problem is, and like, it, it, I would love it if it was. In most scenarios, right? You can leave people to do that because you're like, okay, you're just hurting yourself. That's fine. But in this, this is the one scenario where dumb people are actually hurting everyone. Like those people. If it was just isolated, where like you could go outside, you could do your thing. And then you'd get sick. And, like that's fine. Okay, let people make their own decisions. But like those are right. the same people that, like you said, are spreading it everywhere. Right now, now one person's decision is everyone's decision. Like yeah, it, it doesn't. Um, I was gonna say something about it, but yeah. Oh, I was gonna say Canada. So basically, Canada is trying to stay uh, strict. Yeah, it's policies and everything. But the funny thing about Canada is low key U.S. controls us. So if U.S. says we're opening the economy, we're opening the borders, Canada is a carpet right after that. Yeah, <laughs> like oh, yeah. We're doing nothing. So this uh, Trudeau character, like, oh, we're staying straight to it. Yeah, I tell we'll Trump says Exactly. We'll see what happens. So, yo, um, talking about Trump's name, um, I wanted to ask you, do you think he's ego-tripping about the stimulus package? I don't know if you heard, but he, he delayed it. He stopped it. Before you, before you go, let me just say, might be one of the most <laughs> savage things in probably the last couple of years, if not the last year. Yes. Just a different type of savage. Like, I, like, okay, on one hand, I get it. You want uh, credit, right? Like, I, right. I, there, there's an election coming up. I get it. People are getting this money. You want to remember who gave it to them. I, like, I understand where it's coming from but on the other hand what people and i i heard you know people were talking about it today i was listening to something and it's a good point like i actually think i may have agreed with pierce morgan on something which i never do but he was talking about trump today and he was basically saying in in times of crisis when when you need leadership the type of leadership you need is empathetic leadership and mm. and somebody who actually shows care for the people which is what obama was like Anytime there was a tragedy, you'd see his face on TV, calming the people, telling them how sorry he is, how he understands, how he's going to handle it. His voice. Right? Regardless of what you feel about policy, in terms of uh, personality and leadership, you need somebody who says they're handling things, not somebody who keeps telling you that they did handle things. Right? In this case, he's already gone too far. He's gone too far. He made mistakes. But at this point, half of these press briefings are him saying, no, we're doing a great job. I did a great job. If I didn't do this, we would have more deaths. And so the, the putting the, the name on the check is another case of showing you 
why what I'm doing well rather than actually doing the thing you needed to do, which was getting those people the money. So I think it's selfish. Um, I understand where it's coming from. I just don't think it was the, the right way to handle things. Right. Um, to be honest with you, like I said earlier, he's a businessman. Yeah. That's all he knows is marketing, branding. That literally, that's that's how far he got. That's that's who he is, right? So, like you said, yes, the campaign is coming. Yes, the elections are coming. Yes, a lot of things are coming that he's trying to set himself for. But again, like you said, if you're not understanding of of the people and what the world are going through, then it shows that you don't give a fuck about the world or about the people, right? Like there's millions of people going through so much that don't have anything that need to feed their kids and themselves. Yet you stop a whole check from people just so, you know, so, um, to be honest, just a savage, just a savage. Now let me play the devil's advocate. Yeah. In in this, um, conversation. If, you need besides the people are going through something something right if you need the 1200 to that extent that really shows how much we got to get our heads out of our ass in america like yes a lot of people are down yes a lot of people are going through something but i just hope that after this situation we can truly understand savings and and financial situating yourself in ways that if things like this do happen because they will and because we don't have control of them that we do situate ourselves a little bit so that way you don't need the hand of the government because the government is never on our side yeah the government has things to do i think i think that's right like i think that's that's a good point in terms of like us needing to be more financially conscious um and 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 preparing for things like this but i also think the people who really really need it are a lot of the times people who just might have three kids and were getting paid minimum wage or something like that right where like their savings are just going to their family it's like there is nothing to save so like i don't know i don't want to put put it on them to say that they needed to be better at calculating I think we need to prepare for things more for sure. But yeah, there's, I think there's a lot of people who need that check who are like in dire straits, you know? Now, the reason why I brought that up is because when we go through this, let's not get complacent and comfortable with just a job. That's where I was going with it. And the word that you said was prepare, right? If you're working eight hours a day, just even though life is hard, even though we have kids, even though there's so much going on in life, that's where that little push, that little dedication helps even more. Do something on the side for one or two hours to try to educate yourself and try to build a skill that's needed. A skill can get you out of your nine to five. Doing things like majority of things in the world right now are online. If you can build websites, if you can do stuff for people for whether it's working class or business or corporations, they'll pay you while you're at home with your kids. So this is where I say, like, it's a wake-up call for the people. Because now, after this situation happens, there's no middle class. There's nothing. There's only poor and wealthy after this situation. This crisis is going to cancel 90% of businesses and corporations. That's it. And we see it happening every day where these parking lots are fully empty and people are saying closing soon people are saying yeah. last week of like it's, it's happening sad, yeah. it's 
yeah, it's really happening. And I was reading earlier. I still have it up. Let me show you right here. It said, we've never seen a crisis or a financial crisis like this in our lifetime where it stopped the whole world. So, um, so it says the corona, the coronavirus pandemic has created an economic economic crisis like no other. The top, uh, where is it? Never witnessed the world economy come to a standstill. Yeah, so and it's global it's, too. That's the thing that right, makes it so different. We've never seen something like this, and um, it's like they're saying it's way worse than the two thousand eight, two thousand and nine. Like they're saying that one was a baby compared to this one. And you, you see how much people got affected by that one, too. So this one is different, definitely. It's because I think one one thing that we we haven't thought about yet is that we're so focused on the stopping the spread of the virus and um, and like the distancing part of it and getting that side under control that we haven't really had time to let it sink in on what this is right. going to do to people's lives, like whether it's financially, economically, business-wise. We haven't really thought about that yet because we're so focused on this. But yeah, in the coming months, I think once that is a little bit more under control, we're really going to start to see like this is wow. it's going to be bad. And if you are listening to this, this is why during this quarantine, please, like as hard as it is, as tough as it is, as um, worried as we all are, because we get worried because the unknown. We don't know what's next. We don't know what's coming. We don't know when the borders are opening, when the economy is opening, but try to do things to actually prepare for what's coming. Try to get your skills, try to get your mind, try to get your body, try to get things right right now because when things do open up, it ain't going to be the normal open up. There's no more normal. Yeah. So things do start picking up. When things do start uh, start again, like your jobs and, and the normal things that we thought are normal are going to be totally different. Um, there's the uh, well, Harvard's, I, Harvard's giving out free classes on online. I think there's like 65 free classes um, that you can take from Harvard and, get, and you can get an actual certificate. So, I mean, that's something to, to take advantage of if you're looking for something to learn. Bro, what do you mean? Let me. Let, I'll talk to you after that. But I'll talk to you after about that. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's I, dope, man. That's beyond dope. Yeah. No, nah, that's beyond. So the other night I was working. Actually, last night I was working, and I always have one AirPod on, and I'm listening to YouTube or I'm listening to a podcast or music or anything, and I just wanted to come by and see um, how LeBron James. LeBron James NBA contract is set up, right? Yeah, okay. So, randomly came by a clause, okay? Yeah. Crazy, because these these corporations, these sports corporations are so ahead of their time that in their contracts, they have things for the unknown, for the crises. So, to a certain extent, it hasn't affected um, baseball and hockey yet, but for NBA players majority of players i heard a few on like uh, lebron james chris paul a few of the top top yeah steph curry kevin durant they're all paid right because they're the elite elite but the rest 400 and something players 430 players their payments their monthly payments are stopped like the nba is not paying them because there was a clause there um i don't know how to say the second force do you see it force yeah. majority 
force majeure, something like that, yeah. Major force, so, we'll it, just call it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, I think you're actually, you know why, why I'm laughing? Because I actually think it is French. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, earlier, I laughed, I laughed because um, in, in, on Google it said that. So um, it says an event or effect that cannot be reason, reason, reasonably anticipated or controlled. They had that in their contracts way before this situation happened. So if anything like this does happen, if the TV networks, if the games, if the advertisement, if everything was taken away and these players are not playing, they could stop their money and actually not pay them till it, it, maybe if they play later on and they make up for the game, they can pay them. But right now, they literally don't have to pay them. So what do you think about that? Do you think it's a genius move? or And also... How far do you have to be thinking for you to actually put that in place? I think, okay, I'm twofold. Like, on one hand, I always say that I don't think athletes are overpaid. I think they're actually underpaid in a lot of sense because of how much money they're bringing to not only the team but to the city. But that being said, if you're if that money isn't coming in, right. then I don't necessarily think they're owed. You know, like, I think... In the case of if there's a if there's three games, um, and you're making this team X amount of money, you deserve X amount of money. But if there's yeah. no games and there's there's nothing to make, um, yeah. now I don't know where where to draw that line, right? Because if you draw that line with with athletes, are you also drawing the line with all other people who are losing? losing money or not being able to make money for their company and not being able to get paid and like that's a slippery slope so i don't know necessarily i think the other thing to think about is corporations in general are kind of a an interesting conundrum like it's funny me and my girl are reading this book about like it's like about all of you hum- I'll, I'll get you the name but it's about all of humanity and from start to finish it goes through like our evolution and one thing they talked about that was super interesting is our belief in common myths is actually what holds the glue to humanity together. So the fact that we all believe in laws that don't actually exist, or we all believe in like the United Nations, which is technically a made-up entity. The other thing they talked about is corporations. The fact that we all believe that these corporations exist, but they're not an actual thing. They're not a person. They're not right. like a, a physical thing. Um, so the right. fact that those – we talk about corporations making decisions – long term to benefit them who is them right like it's not a it's not even a it's not people the people under benefit but like it's interesting that they're setting that that these entities set themselves up to succeed and the trickle down effect is that the people at the bottom lose out the most um yo going back to the first point that you said you said sports players or any type of players are not overpaid but they're underpaid explain that a little bit more because the reason why I asked is for me, I thought of it as, you know, they might get overpaid because I only looked at it from one point of view. Right. Mm-hmm. So you said the other point of view, when you look at it from the other side where how much money they're bringing to the corporations and to these um, cities and, and places. Right. Yeah. Then you see, they're not even getting a percentage of it. I, okay. I'm, I want to bring up this stat. Um, the the reason that made that I changed my mind on this was because of this. When LeBron went to okay, when he took his talents to Miami and left Cleveland in the summer of two thousand ten, 
the franchise value, according to Forbes, dropped from $476 million to $355 million in a single year. So that's over $100 million that Cleveland, that he was bringing strictly to the Cleveland Cavaliers. But uh, when James returned to Cleveland, he boosted the value of the Cavaliers franchise. Since he rejoined the team in 2014, its value has more than doubled to $1.3 billion from $515 million, according to Forbes. So just, just looking at that, he brought Cleveland as a franchise over $500 million. That's just the franchise. In terms of how much he brings the city of Cleveland, in terms of people going out to bars, in terms of people watching more sports, buying merchandise, buying his jersey, if you think about the amount of money that that man literally brought to that city, to say that he's worth a billion dollars would not be an overstatement, in my opinion. Now, is every single player worth that? No, but even if you look at the fact that the team needs all five players on the court, all 12 players on the team to be the success that they are, if the team brings in, I don't know, $10 billion a year, to split that with the players who are actually bringing that in, I don't think is an, I don't think is an overpay. Like I think they're actually not making as much as they could be making in terms of if you look at what the owner makes. So I was looking at talking about LeBron James. Also, I was looking at his contract last night right yeah so he got paid um i just want to give a glance an idea of how it works that type of system okay. right so when you see something like this i think it might be backwards but when you see something like this or somebody that doesn't know sees lebron james lebron james's contract is worth 154 million dollars right people are like yeah. what what Not, like you go crazy it doesn't work that way, nor does is it that way, right? So what happens is they were talking about it and breaking it down. His agent takes 6% of it, right? Which is mm-hmm. about $6 million right off the bat, right before anything. Yeah. So that goes down to $148, $148 million. Where he's playing in L.A., with all the different rates and everything, right? With all those put together, it's almost at fifty percent. Yeah, 50. I think it's forty-eight percent in California or something like right. that. Right. Just let's let's say fifty percent, right? Yeah. So now divide by, by so seventy million is what we're looking at, right? So yeah. seventy seventy four million. That is before he pays his people, he takes care of his bills, everything. So if you do the math and everything, that's about $1.5 million, $1.3 million per month, right? Yeah. $1.3 million per month seems and sounds like a lot of money till you're at a certain point, right? Or till you, you get to a level where you're spending that type of money and this yeah. became a normal, right? For LeBron James, now what you're talking about is his condition, his traveling, his people, his his bills, um, buying a new home, his kids and his schooling. Like there's so much different. His businesses, there's so many different type of things that that are happening. So, um, when you see impulse, that's why um, I forgot the word like uh, perspective or like what people see and what it really is is two different things. You yeah. see $154 million, and you're like, what? Almost $200 million? For, nah, bro, it doesn't even, it, it's not even like that. Like, for him to get be paid $74 million after everything, 
And that doesn't include some of the other things that he might be spending, doing, need to do to get his career to the next level. Like I was hearing he spends like um, $1.5 million a year on just uh, his health. Like, yeah. 70,000 for, for, um, for the, I forgot what it's called, but that freezing machine. The cryo chamber or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. The, for the chamber. So his, his muscles and everything can get back in shape. That's why this monster never gets injured. So when you're spending yeah. that type of money, when you're taking care of yourself to that level, when you're LeBron James, that type of money is not crazy money. But the amazing thing, thing about that, yo, LeBron is actually different. Like, we talk about yeah. we talk about and 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 his shoe and all that stuff. When it's all said and done, hopefully in a long time, right? When it's all said and done, LeBron James's resume is gonna be the most ridiculous thing we ever see. He's he was uh, he was guided and um, and he was helped and guided by Warren Buffett since he was 18 years old. We're talking about the Insane. second, right? We're at that time, or even now, we're talking about the second or third wealthiest man in the world. Warren Buffett, ever since he was in high school, has been helping uh, helping him out with his financial situation. And LeBron James don't play. Like, he has a family. He, he doesn't play around. He doesn't do crazy stuff. So his money is no. into different type of ventures and everything. So it's going to be crazy. How did... Because I, I want to transition into Jordan from there. But first, how did uh, their relationship start? Um, you know how, like... So how it started is, um, if I'm not mistaken, he came to one of his games. Mm. That, Can you that, imagine, first of all, to have Warren I, Buffett watching you I, play? I was just going to say that. That in itself is a whole different story. So the, at that point, might have been the wealthiest man in the world. He might have been at number one being injured and mind you we're not talking about college because he never went to college and we're yeah. not talking about nba because that was before nba his high school game yeah because he's from cleveland and everything so he came to his high school game that's where they met everything and lebron james was very very articulate and um, ahead of his time so he knew who he was and he he talked to him had a conversation with them and that's how they got that's how they became friends and he's been helping them out for a very long time um crazy that's crazy and and i i think like i'm really 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 interested to see this jordan documentary because we're talking about um we're talking about different mindsets and different levels of drive and i i i honestly think like when you said like lebron's gonna have the craziest resume where we we've ever seen i agree i actually put lebron personally as the best player of all time just based on um, his overall persona, right? What he's done for the community, what he's done for his his city, like in terms of his giving back, and mixed with his championship against the one of the greatest teams ever, I put him there. But the one thing I don't think he has that I think we're gonna witness with with Jordan, Michael, is a level of psychotic uh, energy that is unmatched. And that we can't even imagine. Like, I literally think we're going to see this guy. Like, they said, okay, this, just to give you an example. They said uh, Jordan had all, like, just to give you a level of his competitiveness. Jordan had all this footage sitting in a locker for years, right? Waiting. He wasn't ready to put it out. Wasn't ready to make a documentary of any sort. Do you know the day yeah. he decided to make this documentary? Yeah. 
was 2016 when Cleveland had their championship parade in the city. And he saw it on TV and made the call and said, all right, let's get this documentary going. Yeah, he's not normal. Do you know how psycho you have to be? Yeah, no, he's not normal. He's not normal. <laughs> what do you mean? Um, when he was uh, again, when he was talking at the at the Kobe Memorial, bro, yeah. that guy was rather than giving the guy his fucking flowers, was kind of <laughs> joking about certain. Shit. No, he's not normal, bro. We really think that man is normal. He's a different wave. So they say that he's been like that since he got um cut from his high school team. Yeah. So that struck a different nerve, and he's never been the same. Like, they're saying, even, like, he's been crying the last couple of weeks because he's yeah. like, yo, I think they're going to think I'm mentally not no Bro, because you're <laughs> not. You're putting it he's out not there. Okay. Exactly. You're putting it out there, and I understand you want people to not see you as a monster, but technically you are. That's just who you are. You can't stop it. Like, they say, like, you know how um, NBA players have um, the camps for the little kids? He would not let the yeah. kid score. <laughs> and I've seen it before. It's like he's six foot eight and he's blocking little kids. He's just that much of a cycle. And to a certain extent, that's where um Kobe followed too. Like Yeah, yeah, Kobe had that even same Even though instinct. Kobe what softened and changed Kobe um is his girls. He had four girls. Yes. That softened him yeah. up and like the, the the difference between Kobe and Jordan was was on and off the court. Jordan was both. Yes. Another prime example, bro. Jordan, the truth has already been coming out. It might come out a little bit more, but we already been known this. Don't don't cry out loud as if we didn't know this. Him and and I respect it. It's like that's how, that's what got him like, there. He that's, just, that's, you gotta own it. But yo, that. then again, when you, when you want to get to a certain level of greatness, right? It's not all high fives, bro. Like, you got to do what you got to do. And we wouldn't even be having this conversation if he didn't. So which one would you rather? Would you rather be a normal person? Would you rather do whatever you got to do to be amongst the greatest to ever touch any sport? We're talking about sport, not just basketball, right? So he was on interview with, uh, he was on, um, he was on Oprah with, um, what's one of the ones that are on the, um, the NBA radio shows um, with with uh, Shaquille O'Neal. Ahmad Rashad? No, no, no. The other one. Oh, that's um, uh, Kenny? Kenny. And it's Kenny Shaq. Um, his name starts with Charles Barkley. Yeah, yeah. So he was on uh, he was on an interview with Charles Barkley, and they're just talking, having a conversation. Tell me how majority of the interview is Jordan roasting Charles because he's not on his level. Like, anything Charles says, oh, um... Anytime that I win, Jordan goes, that's not much of your life. Like, literally roasting him the whole time. Charles, have you ever uh, played him or won? He's like, Psh, are you crazy? He would not even dream of it. Like, he's he's literally that, psych- that psychotic man. But the thing is, like, it's interesting because we talk about, and, and it, it comes down to what you want, but, but you look at his, in his Hall of Fame speech, like, he used that moment to roast all of these guys who doubted him right. when that should be your shining moment of like happiness. And, and we talked about earlier and gratitude. And we talked about earlier com- the complacency versus being happy with where you're at and always striving for the next goal. Um, for him, I can't see him being particularly happy only because he reached those goals, right? He was like 
greatest of all time, right? And now the fact that he has no control over what happens next, like if LeBron comes up and, and somehow beats these records or if zion let's say becomes like the greatest player ever over the next 10 years all you can do is sit back and watch and have no control he can't get on the court anymore and so for him there is no next level of accomplishment on the court and i think that eats at him whereas someone like kobe rest in peace or what lebron is doing they have all these goals outside of basketball and i think i think nothing satisfied jordan's craving like the ownership the shoes i don't think I don't know. I don't know if he's happy. Right. Like, it'll be interesting to watch this, honestly. Right. Um, I think the only thing that got close to his happiness is the mental games that he had or he played with people, with the players, yeah. with the team. That was his happiness, right? All he knew his whole life was basketball, was not only basketball, but dedication. Like, the man would work, and we got to give it up to him. We got to give that respect. The man would work like none other, right? Um personally me i would definitely a hundred percent if we're talking about the overall picture i would definitely take lebron james over kobe and jordan right in the grand scheme of things because i want happiness i want fulfillment i want legacy that's what lebron is doing lebron's like yo i'm six foot nine amazing talented have been since i was in high school but what else what what are we tapping into how many kids are we helping how much is our story being out there so creating his family going about it in a certain way getting his business right building a school building a legacy on top of doing all that while he's in the nba and even this um for all the laker fans this Laker move wasn't a biz- wasn't a, a basketball move. It was a business move that has four movies yeah. coming out. Space Jam Two is already in effect, already almost done coming out, and there's three other movies coming out. So that's legacy. Now, let me not take too much away from Jordy, because yo, to be a, to be completely honest, I'm I am fucking competitive as hell, like. On the basketball court, like, I, I love basketball. I've been playing since I was 10 years old, right? Bro, like, when I lose, like, I can literally <laughs> cry from the pain of losing. I don't like losing, right? Like, yeah. When I don't care if it's YMCA. I don't care if it's high school, yeah, right? Yeah. People will lose and, 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 like, go conversate somewhere over there, and I'll be in the corner by myself waiting for the next game. I'm like, <laughs> bro, I can't wait. Just get these guys off right now. I was always that competitive, but there has to be um, a, a, a certain level of, like, you can't be a loser about it too, you know? You can't fight yeah. for no reason. You can't do certain things that disrespect people because you lost because that – more than just the loss of basketball, you're losing who you are too. You're losing your character. So if it takes mm. you to that level, like they were saying, um, Phil didn't coach both. It was Jordan. Jordan was literally <laughs> like, there was a story that Jordan punched. Um, what's the what's the coach of um, Golden State? Well, Golden State. Steve Kerr. Jordan punched Steve Kerr in the mouth in practice. Like like blood pushing and everything because he 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 was playing him to or like he was doing something that annoyed him, 
but it was just basketball and competitiveness. And Kobe turned, I mean, Jordan turned around and just punched him in the mouth. So they were talking about how like uh, Phil didn't coach that team. It was all Jordan that he would ride people till they literally left the whole arena. Like there was a guy who who was talking about like he would bother me every day to the point if I didn't stand up for myself, he would probably ride me till I kill myself. Like Jordan was a different type. But then again, look at look at, look at the team though. Like look look sometimes like I do understand like you can't be that crazy and everything. But greatness really comes with that. It doesn't come with friends. It doesn't come with parties. It doesn't nah. come with high fives. There was a story on Jordan on Kobe. Um, he was even a bit younger later in uh, earlier in his career where um, young but also a veteran that the young kids wanted to go to the club after games and everything, right? When they had to wake up five in the morning practice. Yeah. And then he's like, yo, listen, just go to your hotel, get your rest, let's practice and leave that stuff alone, right? You're not here just to party and everything. You're here to really put on a show for the kids that come to see you for the first time. And because you're yeah. drunk or tired, don't be slacking off and everything. And they're like, no, we want to go. He's like, Beck, I'll make a deal with you. I'll go with you to the club. I'll party with you. I'll go drink for drink. I'll do everything that you guys do. I don't care what time we go back to the hotel. Five in the morning, I want you guys at practice with me. He did it with them. Junk got drunk with them. Did party the whole night with them. And five in the four fifty nine in the morning, he woke every single one of them up. And he <laughs> like we thought he was gonna sleep in or something. Nah, this guy woke all of them up. Some of them throwing up. Some of them couldn't barely get up. And he's like, "Let's go." He's like, if I can do it, you guys can too. So it's that level of greatness, that level of yeah. legacy that they yeah. tap into where Jordan and, and Kobe are different. Yeah, I'm excited to see I'm excited to see this. We'll we'll have to we'll have to talk next week about about I, the, I, the, the same level. But yeah, those stories about him like like betting on everything. Like he bet on games of pool, he bet on games of like flipping coins yeah. for yo, that, that might have, to a certain extent that might have been addiction too like like yeah 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 yeah. you could argue yeah, that it, it, it started off as a joke it started off because of the ego of greatness I'm the greatest like I'll bet you anything I, yeah, yeah, yeah and then that turned into a, a bad behavior of, of you know like getting used to it where like he was damn near betting his whole entire existence at one point like yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> different, different, bro. Um, but lastly, but let's let's wrap up. I think we. Uh, what else is there? Oh, uh, Tory Lanez. Um, Tory Lanez new album. Yeah. Mark, you you've been a big fan of his uh, of his marketing. Talk to me. What what do you? <laughs> All what do you right. Like? So to a certain extent, we stand two different places with this. Um, for me, it was it was how he did it right. Um, at a time where he knew people needed entertainment. He knew that whole world didn't have nothing but Instagram. He knew everything. So what did he do? He created a club in his condo on Instagram Live. Literally, yep. people behind him editing, sounding, proofing, jumping. Quarantine. Co- quarantine what? Quarantine. Yo, by the way, that quarantine <laughs> guy, is that's his voice. I don't know if you've seen the video. No, I, what happened? I, that guy, the quarantine guy, like I, I yeah. thought it was a microphone or something. No, that was his actual voice. Oh, like there's a guy in the background just saying, Yeah, but it's not a microphone after. or anything. That's just his voice. Oh, I didn't know. I thought it was on a mic. Right, yeah. I thought it was a micro. I thought That's he was hilarious. even using something to edit it. But 
uh, he he turned the camera around one day and he was showing the the guy editing the voice of Preston. We ain't got time for that. And and then there's a guy that literally says quarantine, quarantine and it's a white guy, <laughs> white guy or like Italian guy, and he's just like quarantine. And I'm like, yo, that guy needs a re- that hilarious. guy needs something in his life. So I just thought that that marketing move was genius. On top of that, while all the situations are happening, while um, the, the 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 biggest of names from uh, Chance the Rapper to to Cardi B to Drake to Diddy to everybody coming on and shouting him and 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 giving him respect mm-hmm. and talking to him, he would play his music, the new music, the one that was coming yeah. out. So I thought that was a genius marketing move because th- over three hundred thousand people are on Instagram live at a point in his life. So getting that ready and people asking him, yo, drop that, drop that. And he drops it in a time where we all need music and the beats and everything on the album is actually fire. So that's, that's definitely, that's definitely a genius move, but even more why I like it is because it's a little different from what Drake is currently doing right now. <laughs> I respect move yeah, more and, than Drake. And I think that the thing with, with that is that it translates. Like I think a lot of the times, when people have antics that outshine their music and, and it doesn't translate into people actually listening. Like you see like, you know, somebody like who was a little pump who was, who was doing all this shit on Instagram and then nobody was actually streaming his music. Uh, Tori is different because he's personality driven, but music first. So like you focus on what he's doing outside of the music, but you also still want to listen to the album. And I think this translated in terms of uh, sales um, I like the album too. I think I think the baby's another one where he does all this shit outside of the music, but pe- it forces people to actually want to go listen because like, oh, this guy's a likable dude. Let me go listen to to his actual music. Right. So the thing I like about outside of the certain moves and antics that the baby does is I like his his morals and principles, like what he stands for. Like he's 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 very um old school kind of, you know, like. Start a problem, yeah, 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 yeah. punching you straight, leave me alone. Yeah, literally. But also, there's another side to him that gives a lot of handouts to not handouts, but a lot of help to people. Like he'd be at mm. um, stores giving out money to kids and to to uh, mothers and everything. So that side of the baby, I really, really fucks with. The side that I don't is that the music sounds the same. The exact same, every yeah, yeah, yeah. song, every beat is damn near replica of the last one. I can't. The same flow. I, I can't. He's dope, he's fire. But what I really do like is that he's getting out of his elements and using different instruments and different people. Genius. Yeah, I just wish it's, like, with him, like, I just wish he was able to tap into what we know is there more like on, on intro. I think that's his best song because he actually got personal and we never saw it again. Like we never saw him go anywhere close to there. I listened to the first five songs on this album. It's just same flow, same flow, same flow, same beat, same beat, same beat. And so like, I don't know. I think there's so much potential. I really, really do like him. Um, I just hope he tries something different and I don't think he, you know, he's, he's still young. I think, next album could be. right he got nothing but time and also he's working with uh diddy at the current moment like he's getting a lot of advice a lot and diddy's mm-hmm. a producer and you know so i i really do hope the next album he takes a lot of ad- advice and is really open to new ways and, and building his um his um 
music and his variety more so, you know. But besides that, he's, yeah. he's really dope. But shout out to everyone, man. Peace and blessings to everyone. We appreciate you guys for tapping in. Yeah, man. Thank you guys for listening. If you're tuned into this uh, an hour in, we love you. And um, yeah, let us know if you have any suggestions on topics or things you want to hear. Uh, shoot us DMs and, and we'll we'll get to it next episode. Thank you, man, for your time and energy and uh, good talk as always. Yes, sir. I appreciate you and have a blessed day, my brother. You too, man. Peace.